Good morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, are you guys looking forward to next week? Do you have any plans? My, my family and I are going to Arnold. Do you know where that is? It's somewhere northeast. It's somewhere really cold, but it doesn't snow. And I'm going with my, my brother's family and my mom. And the last time, last Christmas, uh, we had to get together, and we had a family ping-pong tournament. And so it was Dave and my mom versus Raina and I, and, and we lost. It's Raina's fault, you know. And so this year, we're going to, it's a rematch. I'm thinking it's a rematch. I mean, of course, it's going to like hot pot and we're going to sing carols. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking rematch. I want to get back on that. So hope you guys are really looking forward to your Christmas and next week and being with family and friends. And, but remember, during this Advent series, it's called the Christmas Invitation. And remember that God is inviting us to a different kind of Christmas. And so today, the, 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 the thought of the day is that 2,000 years ago, on Christmas Day, for most of the world, it was actually a pretty ordinary day. But for some, it was a day of good news, and not just good news, but ridiculously good news. Uh, it re- reminds me, my, my kid loves it, we, we do impressions on the way to school, and so I do this one impression from Kung Fu Panda, and, and so the fox runs up to Ukwe, the turtle master, and says, Ukwe, Ukwe, I have terrible news, and Ukwe goes, there is no bad news or good news, just news, and the fox goes, Tai Long has escaped from prison, and the turtle goes, oh, that is Bad news. You guys remember that? You guys remember that? Well, if you flip that around, there were these shepherds in the field. And this was a day not just of news and not just of good news, but ridiculously good news. And so we're going we're gonna to hit that story today and find out why this was such good news. And remember that this is a day of great, great news. Actually, ridiculously good news. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds. Okay, now when I said the word shepherd, what did you think about? I bet you, because we get really sentimental around Christmas and you've seen like the nativity and so forth, you were probably thinking these noble, kind-hearted people. Oh, we have such great respect for what they do. They're nurturing their flock, right? But did you know that in ancient times, like in ancient Israel, when you said the word shepherd, they were thinking something very different. It wasn't very sentimental. They were thinking, oh, those people who are broke, ignorant, low class, people who have a really serious hygiene problem. That's what they were thinking. You're spending all day with the sheep. And so when we hear that word shepherd, it's kind of a different word and a different class of people. Just, just keep that on your radar. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord. Let me hear you guys say angel of the Lord. Okay, now again, 
This is one of those things where, oh, right, the nativity story. And once you hear angel, you think of like this medieval painting of this cute, chubby baby that's floating around, right? Okay, this is no cute, chubby baby. Now, let me just tell you, okay, I want you to think of like a 12-foot-tall man of gleaming light, like this warrior of light, okay? Now, if you were on your job in the middle of the night and you see this person, you would be terrified, right? Okay, so not this cute, cute chubby baby, but this warrior of light. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. Don't be afraid. Relax. It's okay. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news of great joy for all people. Let me, let me just have you guys repeat that with me. Good news, great joy for all people. Okay, we're going to get back to that. Good news of great joy for all people. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, again, I I said we're going to get back to that. Think about this. Angel says, this is good news of great joy. For all people. Now, I just want us to reflect on that. It's for all people. This is great news for all people. You go, all people? Well, all people who either need or are expecting or want a Savior. But, but luckily, there's all sorts of people who need and want a Savior. And what I wanted to do is just reflect on some of them this morning. It's not a comprehensive list. But there are all kinds of people who need a savior. And I was thinking about this. During Christmas time, one person who kind of needs a savior is people who are lonely. Lonely people need a savior. And it's funny that during Christmas time, there's all these parties and you're with people and there's all this celebration. But sometimes being with so many people just kind of reminds you how alone you are. Maybe some of you can relate to that this morning. You know, Jesus, the Savior, knew a thing or two about being alone. Now think about this. During his moment of greatest need, all his friends abandoned him. One of those close friends came and kissed him to betray him. And then in that moment that he was hanging on the cross being executed, he had this strange piercing feeling that even his father God had deserted him. Jesus knows a thing or two about being alone. And the the, the funny thing is that when a person invites Jesus into their lives, maybe even for the first time, there's a strange thing that, that, that happens. In a certain way, for the rest of your life, you're actually never alone again. But he's always there with you. Now, for anyone who knows the pain of being alone, Jesus Christ is good news. Good, good news for alone people. What about people who have family issues? Is there a broken relationship somewhere in your life? Anybody here got family issues? Now, there's some good news, which is that 
Jesus Christ is really good news for people with family issues. You know, when I grew up in Walnut Creek, um, my mom had an idea of the perfect holiday. And for my mother, who's here, God bless her, I love her. My mother, her, her idea of a perfect holiday was to have the whole family doing chores for her, cleaning up the backyard on Christmas Day. And she had this vision like, oh, yeah, we'll rake the leaves and we'll be talking to each other and just sharing about our lives together. And my brother never had the same vision. And, and so we had the worst kinds of fight on Christmas Day, actually. And sometimes it was just really uh, very dysfunctional um, on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day of all days. You know, I heard this one counselor who was citing this researcher who said that in every family... There's going to be at least one. Now think about this. This is true or not. In every family, there's going to be at least one difficult, extra grace required person in every family. And so you just imagine yourself on Christmas Day, during Christmas dinner, remembering this quote. And you're looking around the table to think, who is it? Who is it? And you can't figure out who it is. You know what? It's you. It's you. Think about that. Think about it. It would be a moment of self Oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> you know, Jesus knew a thing or two about broken families. Do you know that in his lifetime, his family one time thought he was out of his mind crazy. They went to go collect him and take charge of him. They didn't even believe in him. His brothers didn't believe him until, actually, he was crucified. And then he rose from the grave and showed himself to his brother. And then at that moment, his brother believed in him, right? But he knows a thing or two about the pain of broken families and broken relationships. And here's the thing. Generations, generations, spanning culture upon culture, families, broken relationships have been restored because of the teaching and the power of this man, Jesus like, uh, even our youth director, he's told this story before where his father gambled away life savings and the house. And so he grew up with this great resentment towards his father. But then on the day that he was married, because he was a Christian, because of this savior, he reconciled with his father. He forgave his father. Jesus has been doing that to broken relations ever since. So if anyone knows the pain of broken relationships, there is a savior for you. And it's good news for people who know the pain of broken relationships. What about people who need forgiveness? Anyone in this room need forgiveness? I was thinking that a really cool thing we could do on Christmas Day is to have like a mass confession. Anyone excited about that? Like those two words? Oh, I, I, I would love to have them. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, for this opportunity. Can we, can we have a bit of a mass confession for our church? Now, as you think of 2013, I, I'm wondering if there is anyone here who has sinned at least one time. You fudged on something. You got a little deceptive here. You got a little greedy there. You got a little selfish or maybe a lot selfish You got a little arrogant or maybe a lot arrogant. Anyone sin at all in 2013? Now, if you have, can you join me in just raising your hand for like 20, uh, 10 seconds and just joining me and saying, okay, that's me. Okay. I imagine it's all of us. Okay. And if you're not raising your hand, then you're sitting from pride. So you got to, you got to be raising your hand now. Okay. 
Okay, now who do you think is the most depraved person in the room? I'm kidding. Joking. Joking. Jesus Christ is good news for people who need forgiveness. Really, really good news. Now, I want you to think about this, okay? The Bible makes it very clear that every word that we say that we shouldn't say, okay? Everything that we do that we shouldn't have done, everything that we should have done and didn't do, okay? For example, like the first commandment in the Bible, which is love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and I don't know one person who has done that except Jesus, Okay, the Bible says that everything that we, we did, shouldn't do, have, didn't do, should do, it all gets written down on, the, on God's ledger. It's like a book. And at the end of your life, you will stand before God in judgment. And that book is going to get opened for every person here. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, I, I think I do. But I need a Savior, especially on that day. Now, do you know that the reason why Jesus came into the world, the reason why, was so that he could actually die on a cross? And when he died on that cross, he took the penalty for our sins. And if you receive his sacrifice, then that book that has all your stuff on it, on Judgment Day, will be empty. I imagine that what's written on the book is every, every good thing you did for Jesus, every, every time you loved a person, every time you expressed your love for God. But all those sins are just washed away. Imagine, that's really good news. That is good news for the entire world, for anyone here who needs forgiveness. And I'm thinking it's pretty much everyone that's here. Jesus is good news for people who need to be forgiven. Anyone here discouraged? I have some friends who were hoping to have a child in 2013, and it didn't happen, and so they're still waiting, and they're fighting discouragement. I have another friend who's dealing with chronic pain. It went away for a season. Now it's come back, and it's worse than it's ever been. I have another friend who found out that one of her kids has special needs, and then a little bit time later, she found out that the other kid also has special needs, and she is dealing with a lot of discouragement. Is there anyone here today who is discouraged because there is a Savior who is good news for discouraged people? Jesus promised that one day he would come back, and everything broken in this world will be fixed, every tear wiped away. No more chronic pain, no more broken bodies, no more crying or shame. There is a Savior who is good news for discouraged people. So, for the discouraged, for the lonely, for the people who know the pain of broken relationships, anyone who needs forgiveness, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. How many of you have read that verse before? This will be a sign to you. You've heard this story before, right? You ever wonder about the sign? Like, how is this a sign? What is the sign of? What kind of sign? Now, I don't think it's a sign that this angelic experience is real. You know why? Because it was a group of shepherds. So imagine after this experience, you say, hey, Bob, did you just see what I saw? Did you hear what I just... I mean, they don't need some sort of sign to confirm that what they're seeing is actually real. 
then you go, well, what, do they, what do they need a sign for? What's the purpose of the sign? I think there was stuff that the angels said that they had a hard time believing. Now, what do you think they had a hard time believing? I think they had a hard time believing that this is good news for all people, including them. Now, consider this, okay? Consider this. Let's say um, there is a very low-class person, a person of really low status, and they get this angelic presentation that says, you know, President Barack Obama and the First Lady have just had a third child. You go to the White House and demand to see the baby. Now, now how would you feel like a person of really low status would take that? They would say, I don't think they will let me in. I think they would actually re- reject us. This, the, the Secret Service would say, no, not you guys. And we would be humiliated. Look, if the Messiah King was born, this Messiah King is going to be go- born in satin a sheets and a gold palace. And certainly, a lowly shepherd like me would not have access to this king. Now, think about this sign. This baby will be wrapped in swaddling cloths. That's what peasants wrap their kids in. Not a robe of gold, swaddling cloths. And this baby will be put in a manger. Well, that's where peasants put their kids in mangers. Not in a crib of gold. This kid, although he is going to be and is going to be God-man, this kid is going to be poor and ordinary. And you all will have access to this child. In other words, you don't have to be rich enough or accomplished enough or good enough to have access to this child. This child is for everyone. You all have equal access to this child. You can just go there, and even though you're lonely, you have access to him. You can worship him. You can be there with him. And the the message for this morning is, you guys, we all have access to this child. Every one of us, right now. It doesn't matter how good you are or where you've been last in, in, the, in the past several months or what you've done. This child, this God-man, is just a prayer away. He's, he's, actually, he's here. Some of you have never received him into your life. And, and maybe today you will actually receive him. And he's here and he's available. And we all have access to him, not just those who are special or super religious, all of us. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Now, I just want to point this out. Before there was one angel, okay, and from the one angel, the shepherds were terrified. Now imagine... The second act, there is a multitude of angels now. Okay, there's a crowd. I like to actually think of them as like a a chorus or like a choir of angels. Now, I just want you to imagine this. A multitude of angels, a multitude. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And by the way, we're going to actually sing this song right right after this message. And I want you to imagine all those angels singing in beautiful harmony this song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those whom he is pleased. Now, how beautiful was that sound in that present? How, 
How amazing was that chorus of angels and those shepherds being able to see that, that amazing chorus, that amazing choir, and hear the beautiful harmonious sounds. What is it, like 15-part harmony or something like that? It's amazing. Now, now, think about this. How much would you be willing to pay to actually see and hear and experience this heavenly choir? How much would you be willing to pay to get a ticket to the show? You know, speaking of uh, expensive shows, um, how much do you think it would cost to see Justin Bieber in concert? Garrett, how much did you pay for that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I actually don't know. I actually don't know. But I do know Justin Timberlake is coming to San Jose, and front row tickets cost, get ready for this, $1,000. That's what Ticketmaster said. $1,000 to see Justin Timberlake. Timberlake is better than Bieber, Joyce points out. <laughs> How many of you disagree? Okay. What about Miley Cyrus? Where does she... Ra- okay. Now, now, think about this. What about uh, going to see the Olympics in, in Rio, 2016? How much would that cost? $3,500. Not bad? Yeah, okay. How much are that's a lot for me. Now, how much would the ticket cost to go see this heavenly show? Do you know that the only earthly audience that was invited was a small group of people? Very important people? No. Shepherds. Remember, they were on the bottom of the totem pole. What is happening here? They were the only human beings invited to this show. Shepherds. Lowly. Ignorant. No one respects shepherds. And God invites them to these exclusive showing. That's amazing. What does that mean? Well, uh, well, one thing it means is that there's a special place for small people in God's kingdom. Or maybe another thing it means is that there are seeds of social revolution that are being scattered, and the last will be first, and the first shall be last. But I also think beyond that, if you read the rest of the gospel, what you see is that small and lonely people get in. They actually want a Savior. It's the people who want a Savior who get in, who see it who behold it, who say, yes, I want that. But it's the proud people who say, I don't need a savior. Those are the people who stand on the outside, who don't get to see the show, who don't really get in. It's a pattern that you're going to see throughout the gospels. The small, the lonely, the people who say, I do need a savior. Those are the ones that get in. Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said, one another, I mean, what could you say, right? Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And when, and they went with, what's the next word? Haste. What does that mean? Right away. They hurried. They hurried. They ran or they sped walk with great haste and found Mary and Joseph in the bain line in a, in, a, in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it. Now you'll get this, uh, this image that there are more than just Joseph and Mary inside this house. That there was a household of people um, around this baby. And the shepherds were sharing what they heard from the angels about who this baby is and what God is doing. And they couldn't stop talking. And everyone around the ha- house heard it. They heard it at what the shepherds had told them. 19. But Mary treasures all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned. They couldn't stop, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard 
as it had been told to them. Now, uh, most of us have been in church for a while, so you've heard this story before. It's not a new story. You know, I got this Advent box for my kids. And every day you get to you pick one of the characters and there's nativity scene in the background. It's magnetized. And you can actually just kind of move all the characters around. And one thing we do is we have this role play. We try to express the nativity from each of the different characters. But I noticed something. In this Advent box, there's one character that's missing. One character whose perspective never gets expressed. Now I want you to think about it. What do you think the perspective of the person who own the sheep, would say. Now think about it. He hears this elaborate story from the shepherds, and he's like, he's like, I just have one question for you. What did you do with my sheep? You ever think about that? What did you do with my sheep? The shepherd's like, well, we, we left him in the open field. You what? You left my sheep in the open field? Or oh, no, think about this. Oh, okay, maybe they put them in the, the sheep pen, and then they ran off. You left them in the sheep pen? A wolf could have come. Oh, you, you took them to Bethlehem with you. Oh, okay, you did, really. You took my sheep. I don't know what happened to the sheep. What happened to the sheep? You get this impression that the, the shepherds were so excited that they just dropped everything to receive this Messiah. It's like, the, the guy's like, what happened to my sheep? He's like, what, what sheep? Sheep? Oh, yeah, the sheep. I mean, now here's the point. When this Messiah comes into your life... This is a decision to receive him. It's a drop everything kind of decision. I mean, it's, 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 it's worth it. It's that important. You just drop everything. Because the Messiah has come. Now, I'm wondering, in order to really receive this Messiah properly, if God's calling certain people in this room to drop something, can that be the case? Um, I, I, I wanted to do one last thing. Uh, can I get a high schooler to, to come up here? I, I guarantee if you come up here, you will not regret it. Re- regret it. You'll, you'll come away with something that you really like. Can I have a, a, a high schooler come up? Garrett, can you come up here? Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> I saw Garrett nudging another person. Hurry, run, run, run. Now, Garrett invited me to a basketball game, and I'm sorry I couldn't come, but he was playing Tyler. I don't think Tyler's here. Who won? That's all I want to know. Okay, they, he won. We got the winner right here. We got the win- That's why he's here. Good job. How... How, how much did you win by? Not that it's important or anything. 20 points. 20 points. Wow. Wow. You deserve to be here at this moment right now. Great job. Okay, now here it is. I, I'm going to give you the, the, the pick of three different kind of gifts, okay? So I went to the toy store yesterday, bought all these toys. They're under $5 each. Now, this one is a paddle ball. It has a ball that's attached to it. This is endless fun by yourself, right, right here. This right here is a candy dispenser, but here's the thing. You can do rock. Paper or scissors, right? <laughs> Only three ninety-five. Can you believe that? Now, the lastly, you have an Obi-Wan action figure. Okay, so this is—I know it's a hard decision. I went through this. It took me like twenty-five minutes. Okay, I'm like the best gifts I can possibly get under five dollars each. Okay, what, I, what you need to do is you need to pick one in twenty seconds. Okay, I'm going to time you. Ready? Go. You got to pick one. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys can participate. You don't get the gift, though, but you can participate. Which one? Obi, look at him. Look at him. Okay, 10 more seconds. You've got to pick it. Go. Paddle ball. Paddle ball. That is Paddle a good choice. Ball. This is actually the most expensive one. Four ninety-five, right here. Nice. This man is smart. Good job. Good, good job. Well done. Oh, Garrett. One more thing. 
You can keep that, or you can take this. I guarantee that what's in here is much more valuable than what you have in your hand. But you have to trade that for this. Yes or no? You have 20 seconds to decide. <laughs> no? No? This is what you call positive peer pressure. This is, do it, do it. Go for the better thing. Yes or no? Okay, okay. Then you have to put this behind, and then you take this. Now, you get what's ever in here. It's $2. No, I'm just kidding. What is it? It's $40. $40. Okay, this was $5. It's just $40. You do the math. It's much more... Congratulations. Well done. Not only did you win the game, but you're also $40 richer. Well done. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, this is true. It's a biblical principle. God calls us all the time to let something go so we can get something that's much better. Now, let this go, you know, it's five, it's five dollars, but get something that's much better. Now, the, 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 the shepherds, remember, they were even thinking, oh, I gotta, oh man, I gotta let this go, I gotta let the sheep go. They just let it go because something much better fell into their laps. Jesus Christ, good news of great joy for all people. He is yours. He's accessible to all. You don't have to be good enough or rich enough, smart enough. He is accessible to all for who need a savior, but and you got to let things go in order to have more of him. What do you think this morning God is calling you to let go? Remember Mark and Jen? God called them to Japan. What did they have to let go? Well, you know, just their house, just their livelihood in California as they knew it. But how much more do they receive with God in Japan? You got to let things go so you can get more of God. But it's the best deal in the world. Maybe it's control. Maybe the reason why you're not letting Jesus in is because you want control. And you're thinking, here's the master of the universe gently requesting control of your life. Let it go. Let it go. It's so much better to let go and let him in. Maybe it's a lifestyle of just pursuing accomplishments and recognition. And God's saying, let that go. Because you're doing it for yourself. But I want you to live life for my glory. Let it go. Maybe it's a relationship that you know is not God's best for you. And God's calling you to let it go and say, trust me. I got something much better for you. You know, for me, it's, it's actually, it's weird. God's been calling me to let go of my free time. I know God as the God of work. I don't really know him as the God of play and fun. So on my rest days, it's like, okay, God, I'm going to do my own thing. And God's saying, no, let go of that and give me control over that. I'll teach you how to rest. What is God calling you to let go? It's the best exchange of your life. Imagine, you know, uh, Garrett just saying, no, I'm happy with my ping pong ball. But, you know, you can, you can get like, you know, many more ping pong balls with what God's giving you. It's much better, much better. Now, I want you to remember this on Christmas Day. This is good news of great joy for all people. You all have access to this Messiah who's come into the world. This is good news. 
At the same time, God calls us to let go of lesser things so we can have a greater pleasure. How about it? Let's pray. Father, on this day and this moment, we focus on Jesus who came into the world. And I I pray that we might exercise our divine imagination right now at this moment. I mean, these angels, God let, let the whole multitude go and practice and prepare for this moment of giving glory to this newborn king. Such joy of great news. And I just pray that we might be able to enter into that joy and to hear the angels singing, as it were, and to join them in that song for this risen Savior, this Savior who's come into the world to be born in such meager circumstances and then to to rise up and to die on the cross to pay for our sins, this amazing Messiah, Jesus Christ, who was born. Let us hear your voice singing in such utter abandonment. And let us join with the angels in song. Let's sing glory in the highest.